Sullivan and I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, um, Brent, you're gonna have to put a pin in your trip to Uganda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because unless you want to really take some risks, because you Uganda just passed um their anti-homosexuality bill, or it's going to the president of the country but it's so far it's passed politicians on both sides of the, the aisle in uganda voted in favor of it i mean uganda's already clearly has clearly been a deeply homophobic place with laws. oh you it's true dare you? <laughs> well they have very archaic laws that already right. um are, are 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 deeply punitive with with uh gay people but right now they've expanded it such that People would have um, just basically like abortion in some American states, uh, which I can't believe Mm -hmm. I'm saying people would have a duty to report individuals who are gay or in same sex relationships. And now they're going even further and imposing punishment of five years in jail to if you are a quote unquote ally, which I don't even understand what that means. Um, And they are moving toward um, the death penalty for a crime called, quote, aggravated homosexuality. Yeah. Which is like, pretty, pretty, I mean, Uganda made waves, uh, God, it was probably a decade ago. I think it was during Obama's term uh, or one of, one of his two terms because they made, didn't they have the, like, God, what, there was like some virulently anti-gay no, bill that. It's the same thing. It was, so this has been going on. What's interesting about this is this has been a campaign with roots in uh, evangelical churches. Yeah, that's right, right. I remember hearing that. Around 10 years ago, this legislation was started to be sort of pushed around in Uganda by uh, pastors and church leaders in Uganda who often were financed by mega churches in the United States, evangelical mega churches in the United States. And the bills, the bill, I mean, has this bill has been in discussion since, oh, so since it never 2010. Passed. And I yeah. don't know where it was legislatively, but this bill has been a topic of conversation for a very long time. And the funding behind the grassroots sort of evangelical campaign that's been happening has been coming from, in large part, the United States. And yeah, it's it, so connected. It's so connected and it's very, I mean, I, of course, you know, raised Mormon, I understand the far reaches of Christian churches going into foreign countries in order to not only proselytize, but also impart their values. I mean, the Catholic Church has years and years of doing this, of mm-hmm. imparting their faith on communities and then wreaking havoc on the marginalized people within those communities who are already suffering very similar to the United States. And mm. it's yeah. it's wild what's going on. And it's wild that there are, there are, there are, of course, are many countries around the world. It's not just in the continent of Africa where there's anti, anti-gay legislation like this. There are other countries that have very open laws about, you know, I mean, of course, looking at Saudi Arabia, looking, of course, at Iran, you're looking at like there are, oh, there you. are so many countries, Russia, Russia, just a couple of years ago in Russia, there was these, it was a viral video. It was a way to go viral on Russia social media. If you 
cornered a homosexual on Grinder, videotaped the attack, and then uploaded it. And people would be sharing it as if it was like a good thing. And even Vladimir yeah. Putin just didn't care about it. He almost basically supported this kind of behavior. So well, these kind of things are popping around around the world. But this in particular, and what's happening in a lot of sort of poorer countries, is often the influence of evangelical churches here in the United States. The crazy yeah. one of the craziest videos that come out, came out of it was this like during the legislative hearing, um, one of the parliament members, parliament members, a woman named Sarah Opendi called for gay men to be castrated and like, mm. and thrown in. It, it was, and people, the way practice, people are laughing. Which is a practice that happened. I mean, the basis of that film oh, a couple of years ago, the guy who sort of helped basically end World War II, the mathematician, I'm forgetting his name now. But oh, it, right. And that was a practice that they uh, was his booty call is that what we're thinking no. <laughs> uh, it was a practice they did in the united theory of everything uh, and they were doing that in the united kingdom in order to cure homosexuality or cure the person who was uh, who had committed a crime of homosexuality yeah. castrate them well you could see in the video with this woman imitation sarah opendi an imitation game uh you can see in the video that she is not trying to cure <laughs> gay, gay guys she's trying to um throw them in like it's all connected to jail and castration yeah. and jail and people are i mean the people in the parliament are laughing and cheering it it, it really is terrifying so but i i have i have i i randomly occasionally watch this like dance group um what? that exists it, it, it's it's on it's they're on youtube i forget the headings to dance groups. <laughs> yeah uh, but I I can't even remember how I fumbled upon them. But there's this like group of like guys and girls that kind of make like YouTube dance videos. They're I just find them cute and charming. I don't like pour over them. But regardless, they all live in Uganda, and and here's the crazy part: uh, they dress up in drag. Really? Yes, and huh. I'm like almost worried for them slash I'm like, God, if I ever like met them, would they beat me to death? Because that's the other thing. It's easy. Is it typical? Oh, drag? Sorry, or is it sort of like, is it like, uh, like, you know, what a lot of countries do with like comedy drag? Like, is it real drag? Uh, it, no, it's not real hardcore drag, but like, you know, like, like, it, it's it's also more than just a balloon under the shirt to look like breasts. It's it's like lipstick. It's sort of it's women's clothing. Yeah. Um, Are they queer? Yeah, I'm. I do not think so. Oh oh oh! I see what yeah, you're saying. Usually, I do not think so. Weird. It's not weird, but there is this sort of um, uh, like even even in Mexico, you watch on television. I mean, Michael was telling me this that, and and our friend past guest Godoy was telling me this too that there is this sort of like comedy shtick that they would use drag straight guys would like basically dress up in drag and it was all sort of a joke and that's yep. a, the staple of some countries comedy it was a staple of the u.s comedy i mean milton burrell oh yeah example. like it, buddies. Yeah. yeah exactly like it's a it is a legitimate thing that i think the ripple effect of that a ripple exactly the ripple effect of that is going to be some of these other countries where they still sort of rely on that kind of humor as fine. yeah that's the, probably the where they're they okay with it then the good news here is that um, Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary for the White House, suggested that the U.S. might actually implement um, economic sanctions if the you, if the bill gets signed into law. Although it is, it has been signed into law, but I think it's going to the president, to, I guess, for 
you know, signature final approval. But, um, yeah. you know, she she put it pretty tersely. It said so much of the economic assistance that we provide Uganda is health assistance and largely through the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. So it would impinge upon universal human rights, jeopardize progress in the fight against HIV AIDS, deter tourism and investment in Uganda and dam- damage their international reputation. And of course, a really potent uh, threat for a country like very potent eyes on, you know, outside money, oftentimes coming into the country, both in terms of investment for infrastructure, but also just money Mm -hmm. coming from foreign countries for help for aid in general. Like it's but I don't think they're going to they're not going to they're not going to listen like this. I don't know. They seem so fervent about it that they won't actually. The fervency, I feel like, I mean, the fact that this this legislation has been in discussion for upwards of 10 years at this point, if if not more, possibly more than that, tells me that this might just be, even though it's probably horrible to be queer in Uganda, it might just be a threat to be a threat, which is what a lot of countries do. And once the threat of loss of money coming their way from Western countries, which I hate, I hate that mindset of like, mm-hmm. it must be the goal of Western countries to fund these countries to help to help them and that's that's what's going to be the impediment to like get mm-hmm. them to not do this horrible thing but it really is the the most common warfare we have right now is money and the loss and taking of money is our our bombing a country at this point it's our way of doing that and it's it's uh i don't know how great it is but it's, it, it's it, our little it's our little game um yeah you know the the weird thing uh and i guess this is um guess this is a good thing about social media the weird thing is like you you realize that like there are these you know examples of like extreme anti-gay sentiment coming out of uganda but then you follow people on social media on uganda and you're like they're just they're just like everyone else i mean it's the same thing in that country as it is here where a bunch of powerful representatives are perhaps pursuing policies that don't necessarily speak for the populace as a whole maybe it does i don't i don't know i well this is polls, this is but. um a bold question but and this is and and i have to ask do you ever follow ugandan bodybuilders <laughs> i have on purchased i have purchased a number of private videos <laughs> from a gentleman in accra ghana where's that and that is on the west side of the continent of Africa? Of Africa, yes. But not Uganda. No, Uganda's on the east side, eastern side. Prince Africana pornographic geography. There needs to be a map of the the, the oh countries in Africa. That, that would be is... so great. If you did a push pin map of all of the places you bought videos from strangers. <laughs> from Belarus to Africa. What is it? Africana? What do you call it? Accra, Ghana. Accra, the biggest Ghana. city in Ghana. Oh, Accra is the capital. Ghana is the country. Oh, oh, Accra. From Accra to Belarus, the men of Brent Sullivan's <laughs> boudoir. Hard drive. <laughs> Not even joking. Okay, so we are going guestless this week because we decided we wanted to hear from you, dear listeners, on the comments and the questions and the reactions to past episodes. So I've compiled some some questions and comments and things from different listeners, and people are sounding off. I don't know if you two are ready for mm. people are sounding off. The first topic that was polarizing amongst our our delightful fans is the Liza debate. 
So, oh. yes, oh. Liza spurred a lot of reactions from people, both pro and con Liza. People, I mean, Strange Dove, a, a great listener, he agrees that Liza is not a good singer. However, a listener named Scott, not me, had, mm-hmm. had a very pointed message at, um, well, at you, Elliot. Well, maybe a little Uh-oh. bit. I feel like you went hard on Liza, too. I feel like you did, too. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to do a dramatic reading of his message because it was the, one of the funniest messages we've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a BFA trained singer and voice teacher with a degree from Carnegie Mellon. A- applause for that. Not and too while, shabby. Yes, very good. And while there may be some hyperbole to the statement, there is a degree to which hearing you all discuss singing and musical theater is like hearing Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon discuss <laughs> the best stand-up. <laughs> or the best Liza Minnelli may only exist as a meme to your generation. Oh, we got age shamed. But, well, not me. I did not because I love Liza. Thank you, Scott. But she clearly has a vocal faculty that made her Liza, all caps, completely independent of her mother. You may not like her vibrato, like just like saying a comic isn't funny because you don't like their material. However, I can stress the characters in a musical song and sing when the emotion is too much for words. That's when characters get like really emotive in musicals. You need to communicate through two different languages at the same time. So you include music. The interplay between harmony and words can literally be the interdescribable. They're, they're, it's, it's just she's incredible. He loves Liza and it's a Liza stand. So, Elliot, I mean, do you want to do you want to reply to Scott? Yeah, I I appreciate his explanation because that's it's not like a criticism of her so much as it is a befuddlement and a bafflement and a real question that he answered as to is she technically a good singer? Yes, and as somebody she who is, as someone who's trained. And I'm saying and I and he has helped solve the debate that yes, she is indeed a talented singer. Mm-hmm. I think my point is that in as time has gone on, she has I would I would surmise she or or I would posit that she has lost some of that technical training and become somewhat of a cartoonish satire circus house circus mirror version of herself. Mm-hmm. But yet I still like that I like knowing that from somebody who has the credentials to say so that she was at one point, if not now, but was at one point indeed a technically talented singer and uh-huh. so thank uh-huh. you thank you to scott that that actually that helps me a lot here's I'm, a here's another one i've never understood we've talked about on the podcast barbara streisand i just don't what? get why everyone freaks out about her i don't get it don't i don't i, mean, I don't no i don't care to, i won't like but i don't care to listen to barbara however she is she is a technically a a a phenomenal singer yeah in that her voice is not just vibrato and technique she has a she has a way of singing that is distinctly unique and Mm. and special and pretty that being said i also am not i don't actively listen to her well she doesn't sound like lorena mckennett to me but (laughs) let me just say i remember and i i I am a barbara stan so and i have i know nothing about music so i can't compare i mean i think her voice is pretty but i can't compare technically why it's good or not but what i can say is there is and liza fits into this category too and i've talked about this before but there is something to seeing a woman like barbara streisand who isn't conventionally pretty allows herself to be kind of ugly ducklingy allows herself to be weird and that is her strength when i was a kid 
that blew me away. When I saw Funny Girl for the first time, I was literally like, this woman is insane. I don't understand her, but I'm obsessed with her. You know it's, I mean? it's actually funny you say, yes, I do. Uh, it's funny you say that because I've also always had obsessions with women who make it in Hollywood who aren't conventionally gorgeous. And yeah. I only say that because there's such a strong double standard in Hollywood that women have to be, even yep. in comedies, stunningly beautiful at all times. Yeah. And there are just, and that's one of the reasons why I'm obsessed with Diane Weist. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm you obsessed know? with Diane Weist. Uh, Diane Weist is pretty, but. Yeah. She, a, she is a perfect example because she started what's so amazing about Diane Weiss, and I can talk about her for a long time, but she oh she started in Woody Allen comedies and then she kind of like personified the weirdo character. She kind of created this, but there was so much depth to her that like she became this two time winning Oscar winner, which is like so unheard of for a character actress like her who isn't a big super movie star, yeah. isn't anything massive to win yeah. two Oscars for being weird. That's a fucking star. Yeah. That's yeah. Barbara yeah. Barbara Internet herself is is weird in that way. I yeah. would say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and you kind of identified her in that way. Okay. Well, we yeah. one more question yeah. about a character actress. Has Marco Martindale been nominated for anything? She has won many Emmys. She won for the American. Well, I was just actually talking about Marco Martindale recently, <laughs> but she's she's won many Emmys. She has not been nominated for an Academy Award, although I feel mm. like she will be very soon, and. She's incredible. And I was, I did this interview recently with someone who was in a film with her and they were saying how like, like chill in Texas she is. And actually a past guest on this podcast, Cameron Sheets did an interview with her where he asked her, cause she played Miley Cyrus's grandma in the Hannah Montana movie. And uh -huh. there's an actress who like Emmy winning, like theater actress, like she, she's friends with Meryl Streep. Like she's one of those women. And she was able to sing some hoedown song from Hannah Montana. <laughs> Like on the spot with Cameron, it's one of the best videos you'll ever watch. I highly, I'll put it in. in she's cool. Her. She's like, she's like the new Cameron Manheim. She is. Mm -hmm. Oh, Cameron Manheim. <laughs> I, met, I met her son once at a race. He's so party. cute. Uh, let's not go there. But I met, I met him, and I literally freaked out on him, and it was like I was insulting him because I wasn't talking about him. Well, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he's oh like God. a, he's like a matinee teen heartthrob or whatever but yeah he's really cute yeah. he's not cute he's basic but anyway okay we have another um question so michael asked congrats on the 100 plus episodes we are on this is actually number 240 which is yes wild to think about but this is 240 episodes. can you believe we've been doing this that long and we still look this bad um <laughs> I know. we have michael wants to know do we have any plans to do a live episode he also adds on Yes, Alan, um, please let Brent know, since I know you're the only one who can read these. Um, I wanted to add in who has the confidence to read these. Uh-huh. <laughs> that he is not alone, and I stand with him in solidarity over the love and respect for all things Inya. Oh, Michael. <laughs> man, man after my own heart. Thank yeah. you. Would we do uh, a live show? We've actually, have we ever discussed that? I don't think we have. We, we, we have. did early on. I, but I, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to do a live show. I get like very, podcasts are easy because I can pretend, I can dupe myself into thinking you guys like everything that I'm saying. Which but then when do. you're actually really. looking at, when we're looking at the actual audience faces live and you're not doing your act, which you know works. You're doing a podcast and you're like, oh, my God, everything I say, they fucking hate, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you're not one to be yeah. like improv improv on stage or like 
you're not. I don't love it. Your favorite thing. No. I, I also I, I obviously don't mind it. It's, you know, versus like being fully prepared for like with stand up, you know, or our yeah. story or whatever. That being said, I've never found I've seen a good deal of live podcasts and I know they do their popular like comedy festivals, too. And I honestly just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's interesting is what I think is so interesting about the three of us is that like while we are all friends. We, 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 and we collaborate in things and we have collaborated on projects in the past, of course, but like we really do have very separate careers outside of our friendship. We don't, yeah. really, outside of this podcast, we don't really sort of connect work. We do connect work wise, but you know what I mean? We're, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Three of us at a live show, I almost wonder, like, how would that even look? Because, like, you know, you have, you have Elliot with the music, you have Brent with the stand up, me with the drag. And it doesn't mm-hmm. really mesh, but because of who we are in our friendship, we do mesh. And it's a weird, yeah. it's a yeah. weird combination that I can't envision, but I love, I hope that people yeah. want to see it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I, I think I could tell you what it would look like on stage if we were doing a live show. Elliot would have his legs spread. Oh um, my God. Alan, I I didn't get as far as you get that far in in this scenario. I was just just envisioning Elliot Elliot on stage with my legs spread. Okay, we have a question from from Thomas, a listener, a friend of mine, who it's not necessarily a question to us and to the show. It's a general life question, which I love when people reach out to us for like random life (laughs) things as well. This is my soul. This is a very um, it's a good one. Okay. I got a question for you. So, aside from the reactive euthanasia of this post-COVID consumer market, what is with the continued obsession over Funko Pops? There is this Funko Pop experience over on Hollywood by Gower, and every so often there will be these limited edition Black Friday-like sale events that inspire hundreds to wait in line for hours overnight in the cold and rain. (laughs) It does not matter to these people. I've seen people wait in line with tents even their children. So my question to you is, is it just me? Am I some sort of depraved, joyless cynic? Will Funko Pops actually save <laughs> from ourselves? Or have we finally reduced ourselves to this plastic obsession of needing lookalike figurines we don't even play with, but proudly display it <laughs> because we're also collectively bored and empty on the inside? If so, why? And who is to blame? I go back. <laughs> That was great. Yield my time. That's a we know great Thomas. question. We know Thomas. I don't know if you do. Bro. Oh, it's Thomas Vial. Yes, Thomas. So I have a funny story about Thomas. I think we all were at this Halloween party years ago. It's when I first met Thomas. Mm-hmm. I forget. But Thomas was wearing a pilot's outfit at this Halloween right. party years ago. And Thomas has, and I'm going to stand by this. I've seen it. It's wonderful. The best butt yeah. you ever see in your life. It is an incredibly perfect but and in his halloween costume it was just like i couldn't i even said to elliot at the halloween party we need to go talk we need to go over there and tell talk about his outfit because i need to see that butt up close so, <laughs> and thomas has become a very he's years and long that's time. how that's how you got to know him that's yeah how that was, met him that's how i met no. him at that halloween party you didn't meet him at oh, poker i had not gone to poker at that point yet we, oh, or maybe wow. i had i don't know but I, that was the first time i had met him was at that that Halloween. It's actually it's so He's funny great. he says that. I remember when that Funko store opened in Hollywood, and I remember walking in and being like, "What the fuck is all this shit? This trash!" <laughs> and it's still huge, and like Funko shit is everywhere still. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's expensive and it's dumb. You know, it's so dumb. It is dumb. I will admit, because like, I say that it's dumb and I literally have like two figures right in front of me right here. Oh my God. Yeah, don't you? Wouldn't you? But the yeah. thing is, is like, I, he's right that it, people's obsession with them is actually insane and obsessive to yeah. the where like I've gone to the Funko store just because there was one day there was no line and Michael and I were like, let's go in and see what it's about. But I, only have the funko things of the golden girls which i've been given by funko like they sent them to me and i the only ones i bought are the wally and eva because i absolutely love wally the movie i love wally the movie yeah. so I always have them around but people are obsessive over them and there's like no need and it's adults it's not even children children don't give a fuck about funko pop I, well, I I'm, think I'm telling you uh, i was just gonna say real quick like I just am so utilitarian in how I spend my money that the idea of buying a figurine is just does not exist in commute, my reality. Yeah. In your it, head. Does, it does not compute in my head why I would spend money for a figurine. You really? Know? I fund. I mean, I don't blame anyone else for doing it, but for me, you ever I fundamentally could not bring let's myself say, to do it. Let's say if you had, um, who's the singer you like? What what was her name? I forget now. The, Lorena McKenna, Mary Travers, Lorena McKenna, or or yeah, Lorena McKenna. So like, let's say there was like a stupid doll of her that you just because she's your touchstone, and you just you have to have it. Like I have a Rosie O'Donnell Barbie here just because I love Rosie O'Donnell so fucking much that every time I look at yeah. it, in my childhood, and that to me brings me an immense amount of joy. You know what I mean? Uh, for sure. I don't disagree with anyone else doing it in, in a million years, but my brain literally goes to where am I going to put this doll and how long is it going to take me before I throw it away? <laughs> when something doesn't have value, that's just what I think. I'm going to buy this thing and it's going to sit in, it's going to sit on my desk for one month or six months or four years. And then I'm going to throw it in the dump. Wow. And like, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't okay. rationalize spending money for something like that. I mean, I support you. Um, yeah. Okay, so we have a comment, a reaction, more of a story uh, from mm -hmm. someone who, when we discussed on one of the episodes, if we could kill someone, which was a really upper of a discussion, um, <laughs> yeah. Gina said, in light of your discussion about could you and by what means kill someone, if you had to, I need to tell you that during the holidays, my aunt casually mentioned during the time of the Boston Strangler that she always had a giant pot of boiling water on the stove when she was home. Apparently, other women did this, too, in the event that the Boston Strangler broke in. Several wow. holes in the strategy, but it was a thing, which, I mean... That's not yeah. a bad idea of killing some or at least maiming someone. I mean, Certainly it is the it's, it's the version of Brent with uh, bear bear spray. Yeah. Yes, I have yeah. bear spray in my apartment in case someone tries to kick the door in. <laughs> Always at the, the right. bear spray is that like? I mean, yes, it would totally work. But you would when we were at your apartment and you were describing it to me, you were saying that if you spray it, you'll also get a you'll also get a reaction to the bear spray when you spray it. Oh, of course. I mean, just to just so our listeners know, bear spray is just more powerful pepper spray. Yeah, so it's 50 percent more powerful. So it's yeah, there's but again, like in my bizarre, paranoid, always on the verge of being murdered head, like <laughs> in my brain, all I think about is, yeah, so this is what you use if literally someone like is somehow in your apartment and they're trying to kill you, you you spray them and then 
Wow. They won't be able to open their eyes and you can leave the apartment. You know? that, that, oh, oh, always ready. Always <laughs> that's, ready. Down, that's downtown always. living, baby. Always ready. Okay, we have another question from, we have a few more questions from Carrie. Um, Carrie asked, how are each one of you making it worse? Which I think is a great question because I don't mm. think we've ever answered that. Clearly the conceit at the beginning of this podcast was us calling out other members of the queer community and just people in general who, for whatever reason, are making it worse, just in a flippant sort of fun way. So like, in what way, if you had to pick one thing, maybe out of many, that I can tell you, I, I think I, I, I'm making it worse by like, you know, initially it seems so quaint and precious at this point that when we started the podcast, we were like, you know, uh, uh, so, um, you know, ginned up by the sort of hypocrisy around gays online and online culture and being online and thirst traps. And I think between time and getting older, yeah. Maybe I'm making it worse, but I have completely lost interest <laughs> and I have, I have no, it doesn't phase me anymore because it feels like that sentiment that felt hypocritical among get the gay community has now become so widespread yeah. where Instagram is sexuality, only fans and finstas and all of this stuff has become one big monolith where everybody is sexual. And as Brent says, everyone in the future will have like a dick, dick pics leaked. And so it be, it'll be flattened. So yeah. it won't be a thing anymore. So yeah. maybe I, I'm making I, it worse by losing any sort of militant dis disgust I had for that attitude and that behavior, but I am completely checked out. I am still trying to predict the year we will have our first president who we've all seen his dick. Right. And I think it's going to be probably sometime in like the late 30s, uh, 2030s. Because it'll uh, be unremarkable. Can you yeah, imagine yeah. The, the episode that day when we finally see the president's dick? Yeah. How fucking <laughs> Can you imagine insane how that fun, How fun that episode of You're Making It Worse is going to be? Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm making it worse. I would probably say that the finstas that I create to bilk people into or goad people i should say into making only fans accounts or probably oh. me making it worse <laughs> interesting just like, look i'm i'm not being disrespectful i'm just encouraging them uh to 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 create a, a page where i can give them money and i don't know why they don't all just follow through on that <laughs> but why is that making it worse if you're you're not making it worse for the i can be i can be a little pushy about it but anyway we can move on uh... <laughs> well I'll, I'll admit i'm making it worse by encouraging behavior like that and not just with brent but amongst all of my friends i am the best and worst cheerleader for friends because i feel like i'm a pretty responsible person i feel like i i live my life in a really healthy sort of conscious way and all these things but if someone like if a friend comes to me and is like really thinking about doing cocaine my first response is do it like, oh, really? <laughs> Fun. i i tend like i tend to be very yeah. a yes yeah. and person to everything and i don't think that's necessarily always you helping. encourage the impulsive I part of the impulse people. Of actually i like that i think that's but, good but i assume people are responsible enough to not like ruin their lives you know what i mean i i, yeah. I assume people are doing responsible things to not be a bad person that said, I also think more people should indulge in the in the sending of nudes or doing the drugs or like having a nice little fling or whatever it is. Yeah. Fucking go do it. 
Yeah, I agree. There's a guy I've known for many years, and uh, I saw him recently, and he does coke with some regularity, like not like a lot, but maybe once a month or something. And I keep telling him, I'm like, man, you cannot trust that shit anymore. Fentanyl is in everything. Yeah. And you could not pay me to do a line of coke. I still have never done coke, but you couldn't pay me to do yeah, uh, a line of coke anymore. It's just, it's truly, it's terrifying. Fentanyl oh, is so scary. Yeah, yeah, it really, yeah, is. it really, really is. My elderly uh, female friends who I met on my trip to Iceland. You have to preface this by saying, <laughs> but just my, say, these ladies I met on my trip. Well, my, they're my older friends who work in virology. Um, they were talk, talking about fentanyl. They all work in like in like Johns Hopkins in health and virology. Yeah. And right, the way the right. stories and tales they had to tell me about fentanyl were so, so scary. Yeah. The way that people just die, they just die from it. It, yeah. it really is the scariest yeah. thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Have- Elliot, Elliot, Elliot's skewing away from Coke and is just going to stick to crocodile. Uh, go ahead, Alan. <laughs> what is crocodile? That's a Russian drug that oh. dissolves your bones. <laughs> go ahead, Alan. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Alan. We have um, another comment on a recent episode about gay baseball players. Remember that discussion? I was surprised at oh, yeah. the discussion. I didn't think it was going to be, but it was. Um, Mikey said that there is one that he's aware of, Brian Ruby. Do you guys know Brian Ruby? He mm-hmm. also sings country music and lives in Nashville, and he started an organization called proud to be in baseball which i wanted to shout out because that's an awesome is. thing that we don't see a lot of gay baseball yeah. there as gay now, just, would just say to we clarify. love to see it yeah, that's right just to clarify i don't believe that's mlb baseball i, I presume that means he's probably somewhere in the tri- in the um the the uh, minor leagues but i have no um, idea what any of those yeah. things you meant said, <laughs> but I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure he's mlb and very happy <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Incident- incidentally, uh, uh, I don't know, Brent, if you already, are you familiar with Jeff Molina? Uh, I know the name. He's not a baseball player. He's a UFC fighter. Oh, um, I know that name. I've heard that name. Yes. Yeah. He's just, he came, a video showed up of him um, giving a man head. And so he came out as bisexual. Not reason, that's right. He was forced oh, out because of the video. Yes. And he's very your type, Brent, like a oh, small, petite, up. Wow. Uh, a petite man of color uh, <laughs> who is a little elfin uh, in his looks. But unfortunately, Brent, he lives in this country, so you can't easily buy videos from him. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them is out well, there. Somebody now, did. So go ahead and if, enjoy. If he's a if he's a UFC fighter, he doesn't need my money. Go yeah, ahead. He's doing fine. Okay. Well, the last question that we had um, from Antonio, we had other questions, but I just got the best ones. Is do you hang out outside the podcast? I love. I mean. I love that people think we might not hang out. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this is, this, Can we, you? We were assembled by the the casting directors at Starburns Audio. Can you imagine? Can you imagine though if we literally did not hang out? That's very funny. How weird would that be? Funny. I mean, yeah. it would be the biggest plot twist ever. But no, we definitely hang I out. Do love that. Not as often as we should, I think, but because we're busy lives, of course. But like. I, I, 
I'm very sensitive about like I have eight stories and they're all boring and I feel like whenever even like my closest friends like I if I see them more than like once every two weeks I'm like I have nothing to say like you guys I still feel like we make a habit of at the minimum seeing each other in person at least once a month oh yeah there's, oh, for sure. It's a constant. I mean, we just had dinner with your parents. Like, if things like that are happening, we're constantly together. There's always that. But of course, we also have this every single week. So it's like we are seeing each other every week. Sure. And another fun tradition we've had over the last couple of years, we will sometimes go and discover new fast foods. That's true. Some chains what are that we, we doing haven't next? gone before. What should we do next? Yeah, what's that one in Orange County I sent you guys that has and chocolate Anna? cake? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. yeah I, really, I, really, I really want to go to that. Yeah, it looked really do good, that. right? We should definitely go do that. Yeah, I'm always, I mean, you know, I'm always down for chocolate cake. Yeah, yeah, and, and here's a peek, a peek behind the curtain for all of our listeners. Whenever we go to get any food, whenever we go to get uh, food together, the three of us, Alan and I share one booth. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot spreads his legs in the other boot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know where you were going with that one. Yes, that I air, didn't either. Yes, that, he has to I air it out I for know. the chocolate cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. He Ugh. has to air it out. Ew. <laughs> and another thing. So I wanted to have a pretty, I to have a pretty serious discussion. We're um, <laughs> laughing about airing it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're still laughing about Elliot with his legs spread. Um, <laughs> so uh, I want to have a discussion. I was with a group of of friends recently. Not and, us. We don't. Uh, have- and oh. I, and I, I, yes, that's correct. And there, I want to know. This is like the this was the one person in the group that I don't really know very well and didn't didn't necessarily like love. Um, but he was like, "What's your Uber score?" Which is the score that you get from drivers, you know, riders get scored as well. Mm-hmm. So when you ride in an Uber, the driver gives you a rating afterwards. And you can check this, you can go to the Uber app and you can, you know, go to your account and it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. And I found mine and it was a 4.79. And he goes, you know, that's pretty low. Is and it, I remember being annoyed. If, if five <laughs> is the highest, how is 4.79 low? So here's, be- here's the thing, it isn't that low. But it is lower than almost anyone else I've ever asked. And I don't know what I've done wrong. So that's that's my question. <laughs> and tip? I want to know. Yeah, do you tip? Uh, I do tip occasionally, but they I think they rate you without having any idea whether you've tipped or not. Uh, I feel like is that possible. I feel like they would know if you tipped and then they would rate you. They probably rate at the end of the no. Because the, they, the screen to tip comes up when you open the app next, which is usually for me days Oh, yeah, later. afterwards, right, right. Yeah, they yeah. can't know. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean but, so what's, what are your scores? Alan, what's yours and what's yours, Elliot? Um, my Uber score is 4.96, and then my Lyft yeah. score is a 5. Mm. My, Fine. oh, I didn't look at my Lyft, but my Uber score is 4.88. Now, like, See, why, why, what am I doing wrong? I mean, I to me, it seems absurd that four point seven nine is low or even near low. If that, uh, to yeah. me, like anything below a four, if it's out of five, then statistically three would be the bad number. So, like, you're in the higher range of the, yeah. the good numbers. Yeah, uh, but like, when you're in a when you're in a Lyft or an Uber, like. What do you, I'm actually surprised mine is high because I almost exclusively use Uber and Lyft for drag. I don't, 
yeah. ever use it for any other reason in my life. And I've heard stories of queens and kings getting lower scores or getting like, you know, bad receptions on Uber and Lyft because of homophobia and all these things. So yeah. I'm surprised maybe, maybe people just like my drag. I don't know, but I, yeah, right. that mine is so high. So like in a, in an Uber Lyft, what are you doing? That's, that's why I'm mad. I am so incredibly respectful in Ubers and Lyfts. I, well, I call the drivers tipping, by so their I don't names. I know about that. You're occasionally tipping. <laughs> you tip every time. Every, I, single, uh, time. every single time. Yeah, you got to tip. It's uh, like they're, they're like service. It's the service industry, essentially. Got to tip. tip. Yeah. It's like a, well, I'm not the only one who doesn't tip every time. <laughs> I know that. So uh, it's colossally bad, but I still don't think I've ever not tipped. I, I just, I can't, I'm, I, it's like a, I have to tip. Like it's what a, do you tip? I tip like a dollar. Like I tip like a whatever, dollar. like whatever the thing is that they, they give me, like they, up the screen pops up and it's like, do you want to tip this or this or whatever it is? And I just kind of tip, I usually tip like $2 or something. Like, you know, like I would a bartender or something. Yeah, I yeah. 20% unless they were like terrible or if yeah. they're uh-huh. a terrible driver or it smells. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't handle yeah, when I, it smells. I used to, I used to take Uber's exclusively at night when I was coming home from the bars. So maybe there was a world in which I was maybe crankier or something, but I have no You're not rude of ever being outwardly rude to anyone. <clears throat> you're never rude to like, yeah. yeah, you're never, you're never, you're, you're very Midwestern in that you're overly polite. Yeah, I would say so. So yeah. anyway, I'm still annoyed. My lift score is a 4.9. That's a little higher. What's your, what's your worst Lyft story, Lyft or Uber story. What's your worst? I've Lyft? actually, I've started having to take Ubers to an office about once a week, and um, I, I've, I've had a couple now where sometimes you know I, I'm still cheap enough where I'm like, hey, I, I see what an Uber is, and then I see what an Uber pool is, and then I've had one or two instances where the person who's gotten in for an Uber pool is weird. Oh, and like, and and you're like, oh, this person is not like. There was one guy who got in who actually ended up being very nice. But there was one guy who got in the car recently, and he said he was going to a park to get his quote medication. Oh, and then the entire <laughs> ride, he just talked about people he knew who had been murdered. Oh no, yeah, uh, that's not. You don't go to parks to get medication. You go to yeah, you don't go to parks to get pills. Being murdered. I've only been in one uber pool or lyft pool or whatever it was and it was the worst experience of my life i was sitting Mm -hmm. in the front seat there were two there was a couple i presume a couple in the back screaming at each other the girl just oh yeah they were young they were young they were like it seemed like teenagers but they could have been older i guess they were she was screaming at him being like you're fucking stupid like literally berating this guy and i was just like I think I even recorded it because I was like, I feel like I need to have evidence of what's happening in this car. I'll never. Yeah, I would never. But but now I think another reason why I probably get high scores is because I often have to uh, choose like the luxury stuff, like the bigger cars, you know, like the uh, Uber X yeah. and stuff because yeah. of drag and just needing a bigger space and stuff. And so I think maybe I get higher ratings because I'm paying more. Interesting. But I don't know. 
I don't know if that. And that's it. That's actually an interesting thing because maybe I get lower ratings because I do more pools, which are uh, probably more annoying for the riders. Maybe, yeah. My worst ride though ever in my life was drivers. Drivers. I, I was coming back from somewhere, and I was at. I took like in LA. Here we have you can take the bus from the airport to to Union Station, and then whatever. And so I was getting a lift from Union Station, which I didn't live that far. It was just you know short drive, and. Mm-hmm. The guy could not figure out Union Station. I was in yeah. the, back in the day when like you could be back in the back bus port. I was like, I'm in the bus thing. He couldn't figure out how to get there. So he made me walk all the way across Union Station to the front of Union Station. And even then, he couldn't find me. And I'm like, dude, I'm at the front door of Union <laughs> Station. Like, yeah, where, well, where do you need? It's a giant hub. There's a giant. Yeah. yeah, literally, I'm describing what I wear. I'm literally here. You have my geolocation. What is this? And then yeah. he finally arrives. The car smells like a mix of cigarettes and like old farts and just like, <laughs> like just bad shit. And then in the trunk, the trunk was like caved out and it was all books of Scientology. And then he offered me. Something. Oh, no. And I said, no, I'm Jewish. And then get in the backseat of the car. And he's like, he's like getting angry with me because he can't find my apartment. And I'm like, Look at Google Maps. It's literally in front of you. It's, awesome. it's in front of you. It's in the app. It's in. I, you don't even need to look back at me. Drive. Look at the map. Yeah. It makes. That is I was so, really that bizarre. That was the only time in my life that I gave someone that I actually contacted whatever it was, Uber or Lyft, and being like, this person should not be driving. Like, this is not. A oh, person. well. Yeah. Well, good for you. Sounds I've like done that's that probably- with. with- Uber Accurate. drivers who are elderly, because I don't, I, I really don't like when elderly people drive. I think they're just wow. When they're sl- what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> harsh, Elliot. Why is it's that? It's actually it's so funny you said that. Did you see the LA Times Instagram feed today? No, they no. literally did. They posted a study where they were like, who, "What you know? Who would you rather be riding with, an elderly driver or a young driver?" And they talked about how elderly elderly drivers are actually statistically safer drivers, uh, yeah, than other oh, demographics, and that, that young drivers, uh, eighteen, it's like eighteen to thirty, are by like significantly worse. But young- considering that, considering what Elliot just said, and considering what Trent and I have talked about and know about <laughs> Elliot, he drives. I don't think it's shocking to understand that a reckless eighteen-year-old driver actually seems safer to Elliot than a safe sixty-year-old driver and it's not 60 it's these drivers and it's these drivers in their 70s and their 80s they should not be on the road they are so tentative and they're actually you can just tell and they're so dangerous because they're like they do that thing that is so obnoxious where they're like i'm driving and figuring things out as i go and it's like move over move the fuck over I, I i will say my parents visited recently and um I have noticed this now in both of them. Uh, a couple of times we went out to dinner and my dad and I had some drinks. So our mom, who does not drink, drove uh, my mom, uh, drove us back. And at this point, my parents at night are driving 15 miles an hour down the road oh, every no. fucking time. But they were also oh, in a no. strange city. They were in a strange city. Yes, yes. That's and it's true. Night, and that's fine. But when my, my dad went oh, like over like the holidays, when I'm like, dad, drive me downtown so I can drink. Well, <laughs> uh, which I always do. Oh, go ahead. 15 the whole way. Let me just tell you that I years ago when I was had the whole chemo thing happening and I had to be rushed to the hospital. I'm not going to say who, but an elderly driver not only drove me there, but she got me there so quick and so speedy Mm. 
and so safely that I mm. think if you need a, a good driver in your life, I will prove to you, Elliot, that elderly drivers are just as capable as reckless 18-year-olds or possibly Elliot Glazer. <laughs> hey, there you go. It's it's not reckless in the same way. It's 18, the, Those reckless drivers are young and fast. The older drivers that I'm referring to are reckless in that they are old, feeble, and senile and just should mm. not be on the road at all because they mm. go so slow. I'm not going to say anything. Too slow. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to let this one. I'm I'm Elliot, die in that hell. Yeah. What would your aunt say? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Congratulations on 240 episodes. I'm going to buy you a trip to Uganda. <laughs> Yeah, my Aunt Joanne would say, oh, my God, Uganda be killing me. That's a book by Chandley Handler. She's Jewish. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, your Uncle Ray used to give me a lift score. He'd act like his back hurt every time he picked me up. <laughs> that's a, that's oh, another fun. good one. Well, oh, great. fun. Great, great Just job. Good job. Guys. Go to the Patreon. Do the thing. Join our fucking Patreon. Give... <laughs> Give Elliot some more, some more gold foil money. <laughs> gold foil. Still don't know what that is. 